Welcome to CIR Realty Business Mastery, where we present on topics that will help you build a successful real estate business. While you're here, be sure to subscribe to not miss any new episodes, as well as leave us a five-star review. That'll help others discover us too. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, guys. I hope you enjoyed that video. So now I want to dive into how to give your notice period. So we kind of touched on it earlier, but again, I want to quickly reiterate that for verbal leases, so leases that are not in writing, it's a handshake agreement, 90 days. You need to give the 90 days notice. Now, there's going to be some circumstances, hopefully you'd never encounter them, that you have unauthorized tenants. So an unauthorized tenant means let's say you have a family of four living in the house and they're all authorized. You know, you have mom, dad, and two kids. And you have grandma. She's coming in. And, you know, they want to take grandma in and take care of grandma. And she's now an occupant in the home. She's not visiting for, you know, a week or two. She is now fully living in the home. Maybe she's a live-in nanny type of situation. Uh, Maybe, you know, the family is looking after her, whatever the case may be. Now, As a landlord, you do need to give the approval for any new tenant living in the property. It doesn't matter if it's family, if it's friends, it doesn't matter the situation or the circumstance. You always have to be notified and you always have to give permission, okay? So let's say, for example, we're not dealing with grandma and grandpa. Let's say we're dealing with a roommate situation, right? And let's say one of the roommates moves out and a new roommate moves in and you did not authorize that new roommate and you find out you do let's say you do an inspection and you know you think you're meeting sally and john and you're meeting sally and bob and you're going okay well i thought i was meeting john and not bob now there's a couple situations you can obviously kind of backtrack with the tenant and say okay i need to do a background check a credit check you know try and gain some understanding or if you're getting a bad vibe from them and you just don't want them in the property Because you did not authorize them, you can actually give that particular tenant 14 days notice to vacate, okay? And that 14 days notice is because you have an authorized tenant in the property. You have Sally, but you did not authorize Bob, okay? So that is scenario number one. Now, scenario number two is the property has been abandoned. Let's say Sally and John move out and they've decided to just leave it vacant and either someone's just found the vacant house and moved in or maybe they have sublet it to a degree but they never asked for permission. So now when you do an inspection, it's not Sally and John, it's Susan and Karen, right? So you walk in, you do the inspection and you have no idea who these people are. They, you know, Sally and John are long gone. You have no idea where they are. Somehow the rent is getting paid. You're not quite sure how and you come into the property and you have Karen and Susie. Okay, so again, you can go through the process of what is going on, everything like that. If you are not comfortable with that situation, which I would, again, advise you to not be comfortable with that situation, you can give them 48 hours because they are unauthorized. The entire party as a whole are unauthorized to be in the property because the property is leased to John and Sally. Okay, so 48 hours notice. Now, I really, really hope you guys never encounter that and your clients never encounter that, but it has happened. So 48 hours notice for people that are not authorized to live in the property and the tenants are nowhere to be found. They've essentially abandoned the property, more or less. Okay, now 
When you are giving your 90 days notice, so property is sold, you are giving your 90 days notice to a tenant to vacate. It needs to be in writing, okay? You can't just give them a call and say, hey, you're out in 90 days. <laughs> no, you need to actually put it in writing. You need to give the reason why you're giving them the 90 days notice. So the property has sold, my family is moving in, you know, whatever the reasons that we talked about earlier were, okay? You need to give the reason. You need to have the address of the residential property, okay? So if they live on 123 Cherry Lane, you need to put 123 Cherry Lane, include the postal code, okay? Full legal address, all right? It needs to be signed by the landlord or landlord's agent if it's a property management company, and it needs to set the termination date. So you can't just say you're out in 90 days because that will give so much discrepancy and so much room for error. So you need to say, here is your 90 days notice. Your lease will terminate on X date, March 31st, February 28th, 29th, whenever you, the leap year is, right? So you need to actually have the end date there. Now, I would recommend with this day and age that you send it by email and you do a personal letter, okay? So you can either mail it, you can deliver it, you can deliver it personally to them. You're not doing an eviction notice, right? It is not an eviction notice, let's be clear. Do not put eviction on it because you're gonna create some sour grapes from that. You are terminating the tenancy. An eviction is when a tenant has broke the lease, okay? They're not breaking the lease, the lease is just ending. So do not put eviction notice and plaster it on their front door because that is going to make them really mad, okay? So meet a have a time, meet with them maybe. Give them their notice, explain to them what's going on. Hey, we sold the house, you know, thank you so much for keeping it, you know, so nice and clean, you know, here's a little present for you, whatever the situation may be. And then you can say, you know, here is your 90 days notice, right? So that is the way I would go. And then always, if you're going through email, make sure it is to the email address that you can confirm correspondence through prior, okay? So that goes towards anything. If you're doing showing notices, okay? The showing notices need to be in writing. There's a little bit more flexibility with that. You can do text message, you can do email, but you can do um, everything you just can't do it over the phone. It needs to be in writing, okay? So make sure that you've confirmed their phone number, you've had a conversation, a text message conversation, you've created that conversation with them. Because if something were to happen and the tenant says, well, I never received these notices, I never received these notices, and they end up going to court, the court is going to ask, okay, well, what phone number did you use? Or what email address did you use? And they're gonna give it. And then you need to be able to say, have you established a conversation? Have you used this email address before? Have you used this phone number before? And they're going to say yes or no. So you have to make sure that that tenant is responding to whatever form of medium you're using. You can use both, okay? Uh, you can use both. Very common to send an email and a text message and make sure it's in writing. But you can't, you know, just give them a call and let them know. It needs to be in writing. Now, if you're giving a notice for showings, Okay, you can give a blanket notice, but it can only be for a period of time during one day. You can't say, I'm going to be showing the property for the next five days, okay? It needs to be, I'm showing the property on Monday the 22nd from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m., okay? So those are the types of blanket notices you can give. You know, you can also do, of course, the, you know, there will be a showing at 1 p.m. on the 
22nd or 7 p.m. on the 24th. You can do that as well, but you can also give a blanket notice. If you're doing an open house or you're doing multiple showings back to back to back, you can give a blanket notice. You can't just do the blanket over multiple days, okay? So you need to give multiple notices. Now again, we should all remember 24 hours, okay? 24 hours notice. And you cannot do showings on Sundays unless the tenant authorizes it, okay? That is part of the RTA. So if the property is vacant, you're good to go. You can show it anytime, whenever, doesn't matter. If the property is occupied, no showings on Sundays unless otherwise authorized by the tenant, okay? So 24 hours. So if I give notice today, right now at 10.30 in the morning, I can't show the property until 10.30 tomorrow morning, okay? Um, if you give a notice on a Saturday, it would then roll over to the Monday, okay? You can still give notices on Sundays, you just can't actually do the showings on Sundays, okay? So establish that relationship, do those showing notices. Now, what happens, I had a great question from Mr. Ryan Smith, he asked this yesterday actually, and great question, he already knew the answer but he wanted to confirm. Um, what happens if you purchase an investment property for your client and they're keeping it as an investment property and there's already a tenant in place? What do you need to do? Well, there's a couple things. Now, the first thing you're gonna need to do is the client, your new landlord, is going to need to give notice to the tenant because they obviously know where the tenant lives. So they're gonna have to give notice to the tenant in writing, again, always in writing, that the landlord has changed the name, contact information, the address, everything, okay? That needs to be on the notice. So it's a notice of landlord change, okay? And it's just a letter to notify the tenant and it should be delivered to them by hand uh, it can be slid under their door, mailed to them. It needs to actually be mailed to them in that case. It cannot be emailed. It needs to be sent to their residence, okay? Now, second thing is obviously there is hopefully some sort of security deposit involved. Now, the security deposit should be transferred over to the landlord on the day of closing, usually from the lawyer, okay? It should be released from the lawyer to the landlord. Landlord has to keep it in trust with that letter, they should also include a ledger, okay, saying that we've received your security deposit in a sum of X as of this date. Now, if there are any kind of charges that are laid against the tenant, um, let's say, for example, the tenant didn't switch over the utility bill when they started their lease. So you had to cover the one month of utilities and the tenant hasn't reimbursed the previous landlord for that yet, okay? then there would be a charge laid against that ledger, okay? So then you would say your security deposit is, let's say, $2,000, and on July 7th, there was a $400 utility charge, okay? So you need to give them a ledger of their security deposit showing any charges laid against them. Now, in the RTA, it does also say any interest accrued. There has been no interest on trust accounts since 2009, okay? so. There's going to be no interest. I've had a couple tenants ask, well, where's my interest? Well, there's been no interest since 2009. So um, $2,000 minus 400 equals 1,600. That is what we have, but we have collected the full $2,000, okay? So when you are getting a change of landlord, you need to give the notice of the change, how to contact them, how to pay the rent, very, very important. So post-dated checks, e-transfer, hopefully not cash. <laughs> Um, but you want to set up that boundary there 
at that time. So here's how you can pay the rent. And if it's through e-transfer, this is the email, contact information, emergency, phone numbers, things like that to the tenant, and then their ledger. So that is how you're giving a notice when there is a transfer of landlords, okay? So let me go through my notes here. We have gone over how to give your 90 days notice. Has to be in writing, 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 writing. Please, everything, please be in writing, okay? Please. And um, has to have the residential address, has to have the information on it, and has to have the end of the lease date, okay? Now, again, if you're doing a notice of non-renewal for a fixed term, do the same thing. Here's your notice, here's when your lease is ending. You don't need to give a reason because it's fixed term and you need to make sure that the tenant has received it, okay? So when all else fails, email, text, phone call, send a letter, you know, lick the stamp, put it in the mail, let Canada Post do its thing. Um, please make sure it's in writing. I cannot stress that enough um, because there are gonna be people out there that do the handshake agreements and then you're in a really messy situation, okay? So that is all I have for you guys. If you have any questions, let me know. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Again, look at my lovely bright up sweater. I love it, I had to wear it. So have a lovely holiday season and I hope you guys stay safe and we will see you back on January 11th of 2022. Have a great one guys. That's all we have for you today. And thank you so much for giving us your time and tuning in. Don't forget to like CIR Realty Business Mastery on Facebook and to follow us on Instagram. Take care, everyone.